Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome back to Brooko Mode for the fourth episode. I'm joined by a good friend, Matt Coleman. Welcome to the show, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Matt Coleman, very talented footballer, decorated junior baseball career. Yeah, anyways, let's get into it. Let's see, how, how did you first get involved in baseball? Well, I started out playing t-ball, and I played t-ball at a real young age. Like, my f- whole family played it, like, my brother and sister played it, and they're both older. So my parents got into it really young. And then, just ever since there, I just just kept going. Like, I would train with my sister, who was, who's two years older. And then they weren't as good, so I'd go and train with my brother who's four years older. I just kept pushing myself and kept getting better, and I found that I was really good at it. And you can only play t-ball until a certain age. The next thing to go to was baseball. And I didn't know anyone in baseball. I just, that was the next thing to do, so I moved on to there. And then just, yeah, I guess the rest was history, I guess you could say. Yeah, I love, I love, t- I love t-ball because you didn't have to worry about anything but the... The ball and the stand. Yeah. Oh, it was. Yeah, it wasn't the hardest sport in the world. I guess I I found it pretty easy. I saw a lot of people that didn't find it too easy, but it came pretty naturally to me for sure. Uh, you're a pitcher now, so there was none yeah. back then. So um, yeah, you know what? When did you start learning to pitch? Started learning to pitch about not long, not long ago. I only started really learning about maybe three or four years into baseball so it would have been about 2018 that I started really pitching like I started out as a catcher the next thing like I was I was a good catcher and then I just didn't enjoy it as much and so I wanted to try something else and I tried out pitching and I wasn't very good at the start but then eventually I got a bit better and a bit better and as I did it a bit more I got way better I tried catching a few times and I played and all that gear on is just so annoying yeah that's that would be one of the hardest bits about it It definitely because it's a summer sport as well like you're always in the heat and going out there in 35 degree heat with all that gear on it's it's real tough you went over overseas to in the little league world series was that Mm -hmm. in pennsylvania Mm -hmm. um and you weren't pitching then so, uh, so did you go over as a catcher or did they just have like the most talented people go over and no it was pretty much we were a team made up 
of three club teams. So I was a charter team and I was made of three teams of, I can't remember one of the teams. No one came from one of the teams because they were pretty bad. But the two teams that did come from was Korean and Wanneroo. Um, and at that time, I was a catcher, but there were better catchers than me in the team. So they had to find another spot for me. So I played first base, but at the same time, I wasn't the best first baseman on the team. I was the second best. So when we went over, I didn't. I only played one or two games. I didn't really play that much, but so I was one. I wasn't one of the better players in the team, but it was still a real crazy experience for sure. At twelve years old, going over to America and playing for Australia, you know, wearing an Australian shirt, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's a sick experience. I, did I see a video of you hitting? Hitting the ball, getting a run, getting onto base. Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a video of me. It's a funny story. My dad has this video of me, and I I actually I played in the first game, so I was in in the lineup in the first game, and I was the fifth batter in the lineup. And the first four guys got out straight away. And when I came up, I actually got a double, so I was the, I got the first hit for the team in the whole series. It's fine. Well, they're going to celebrate again. That is an absolute rocket. That was an experience in itself. You know, Dad saved the video and still to this day, Dad shows it to a lot of people and it's, it's become, you know, a moment in our family. That's pretty known. And we all laugh about it still from time to time. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So what do you love about baseball? The main thing for me is camaraderie. Like I've played, I've played in a lot of different teams, you know, travelled. I've travelled all over Australia. I've gone to a couple of different places around the world. I've gone and played with so many different people and made so many friends out of it like a couple of my best friends now are from baseball so I've got to know so many different people different types of people you know going over to America we played with and met with guys who were from all different countries like you know from Japan so that the main thing for me is camaraderie and getting to know different types of people and learning about all that sort of stuff yeah that's cool really tight knit sort of environment in mm. baseball mm. just a bit like cricket with just not not too many people and a lot of time spent on the bench together and stuff like that yeah and that that's another thing you know like it, it, not like footy where you're always playing and you know there's only four guys on a bench and that's constantly rotating whereas baseball when you're hitting there's one guy hitting and everyone else is sitting down together and even though it's in a game and you're focused and you're focused on the game and focus on what you have to do you're still you know having a laugh with the guys getting to know other guys you know, you get there two hours before a game and you're warming up, but you're also having a joke. You know, it's it's a good time for sure. The one thing that is a good opportunity for amateur clubs to get that sort of camaraderie built because there isn't a whole lot of time spent in footy sitting down and talking. It is very action-packed and you do your two hours training and then you sort of go Yeah, yeah. Unlike where I, as a cricket training where it's like, a lot slower there's a lot more um a lot more conversations with each person and it's sort of just mm. it's a bit mm. harder to do at footy but when you do have those good conversations with people it's like it's really good to build those relationships oh for sure for sure so i want to talk a little bit more about baseball before you go into footy what were some of the biggest challenges you had in your baseball journey it's a good one i guess probably the main one for me was like i said earlier you know i wasn't in the teams that I played I wasn't one of the better players so you know every opportunity that I got I had to to really take it you know perform as well as I could every time and you know if I didn't perform at that one time I knew that that was you know a shot that was blown and I may not get another opportunity for a while moving up the ranks you know playing different positions figuring out where where's best for me where I'm going to play uh, my best 
sort of game that was tough and then also in age group age group wise you as you move up you're playing against older people and then i guess when i got to seniors i was i was playing senior baseball at 18 years old i think it was and so that was pretty daunting you know guys throw harder are a lot bigger they hit harder dealing with all that sort of pressure especially as a pitcher you know you're coming up against these huge guys that you know are so good and they've been playing for 20 odd years and they've learned everything there is to know about how to hit and how to be a good hitter against a good pitcher so you know there's a lot of things that can go wrong in baseball quite quickly and if if you make a mistake yeah it's going to get it's going to get found out pretty big and you know one mistake can cost a game i guess if i if i throw one bad pitch and it gets hit for a home run and there's a lot of runners on that's that could be three or four runs in a game and that's that that could be the game in itself so that and also staying focused in in a long game like baseball baseballs can go for you know nine innings two and a half hours uh and just staying focused for that whole time stopping and starting again you know that can be quite challenging yeah i think that's a good point you talk about with the senior players when you start getting to senior footy or senior baseball any senior sport when we play in our juniors we're playing with people in our same year level similar Mm. experience Mm. but then you start getting into that that senior stuff and then you know sometimes you don't actually have to have the raw talent you might have more raw talent than someone but they have so much experience Mm -hmm. and they they've been in situations before and they just know how to handle the moments a lot better and that's something that's really i think challenging but something like it's a cool thing because one day will be the experience oh yeah and i mean you you watch you watch the smarter guys like you, you know there's there's players that we could list like one that's off the time i had you know brock higgins he as we played against him you just watch him and it just looks like he he knows what's going to happen before it even happens and it's it's surreal to watch and it's it's pretty cool and and like you said yeah you know one day that could be us and it's a it's a long way away and you have to you have to go through different experiences to learn that sort of thing but it is cool watching them and coming up against them but also pretty scary yeah true i think that's probably the the biggest challenge for young sports people is to learn as quick as possible so that they can you know be as experienced as they can be as quick and therefore be able to be a bit more knowledgeable in those situations you're not playing baseball anymore no no Um, this is my first first season that i haven't played since since i started pretty much so you know i played t-ball when i was started when i was i think i was roughly four years old since then i played every year yeah i was playing i played t-ball started at four years old and every summer since then i played t-ball and then baseball and so yeah this is this is the first season that i haven't played a summer sport which is a bit different for sure but do you enjoy having that break because i i've always had a summer and a winter sport whether through school and being mm. rowing and then mm. now to cricket i've mm. you know you always switched on have you enjoyed that sort of off period? i know you've been doing a lot of your running but it's you don't have too many team obligations um have yeah you enjoyed that time it's it's been it's definitely been good you know it's gone from yes training twice a week playing on a weekend seeing people constantly constantly playing this sport to now having every day off and all weekend to do whatever i sort of want so it's been a challenge but it's i've also really enjoyed the time off i wouldn't really know because i haven't had too much time off from sport, but, <laughs> but does it give you a bit more um perspective because i feel like when you're constantly in the zone in that, tra- that sort of that grind mode where you're constantly training whether it's for any sport 
and you have that time off it's a real good reset and you sort of get perspective and you mm. sort of maybe think okay mm. i actually enjoyed that more than i thought because sometimes you don't know what it is until it's gone or missing yeah it's learning to stay busy but also be all right with not doing anything like there'll be there'll be times when i'd I'd work during the day and then be ready to come home and um go to training they're not having anything on so uh, i don't really know what to do and if i don't do anything i'll i'll i could get annoyed at times because i feel like i'm just being lazy i'm just sitting around and watching tv after work and not doing anything with my life and then sometimes i'll come home and i'll be really tired and i'll still try to push myself and go for a run or go to the gym or take my dog for a walk or just try to do something and then once i've done that i've done that and i feel really good that i've done something well that's your your baseball career in a bit of a nutshell mm. pretty decorated career you can live to say and also got a pretty good football record too lots to build there but you know, two best and fairest so far. Played two Waffle Colts games and have won two premierships. Flag last year with me. Yeah. So let's get into your footy journey a bit. So when did you start playing footy? Yeah, that was um, that was probably the same as T-Ball. I think I started about three or four. You know, my brother played it early on when he was about three or four. And so as soon as I got to the age of Oz Kick, Dad got me into it. And, you know, I guess I've never looked back. What is the favourite... Favorite team you've played in in fo- in football? Oh, favorite team. Honestly, it would probably be the reserves team that we won a flag with last year. You know, that was an awesome team. Like it was so stacked with talent, but at the same time, it was just a a group of mates that could have so much fun together. And there were so many times during the season, like a moment off the top of my head was after our Scarborough game when we played first first game of the day, pouring with rain, and we had a a three-point win and we went in and we just partied on like we just won the flag pretty much and it was it was carnage in the showers and we, and we all stuck around after and watched the league and watched the Colts and it's it was a it was a real good group to be around and everyone sort of just brought each other up and pushed each other to be better I would say that's probably my favorite team that I've played with yeah yeah that, that Scarborough game was a great game um I do remember it was very cold and I had, to oh. run, I had to run the water. Oh god, that, that was, was yeah, that was freezing. Goosebumps, and then just watching you boys all dressed nice and warm on the stand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's your first year of senior football this year. Mm-hmm. What have you learnt from your first year? There's so many different things, I guess, but probably one of the main things is to is to not worry as much about things that I can't control. I was from the start of pre-season I was always worrying about doing what I could to be playing league and you know when I would get the chances in the scratchy games I'd be I'd be worrying about what I'd do to stay in the teams and then once the season started and we started I started playing in the league team I was always worried and always stressing about making a mistake and every time I would make a mistake I would worry that I was going to get dropped and you know I I had a decent first game and then I had a pretty bad second game and just ever since that second game I would I would worry each game about getting dropped and getting dropped and ultimately that just led to me playing bad footy and eventually getting dropped and then once I once I got dropped I was always worrying about getting back into the team what I'd have to do not making mistakes so I guess for the main thing for me that I learned was just not to worry about so much and not to um, put so much pressure on each moment and each thing that I'm doing during the game and just you know go out and play footy and I learned that pretty late in the season and but once I got there I started playing a lot better you know I didn't get back into the ones team but I, I also got all right with 
enjoying playing where I was and just pushing myself to play good footy where whatever team I was in. So that's probably the big thing for me, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You had a huge second half of the year. And I think when you come into senior footy and you don't know too many people, you know, it is can be a bit of a nerve-wracking experience. And, oh, yeah. and you can get in your own head sometimes. And I think we're still young in our journey, so there's still so much we don't know and so much we can still learn. But I think that first year is can be a challenging period mentally and not putting too much emphasis on each moment it's so easy to get caught up emotionally in in one moment and Mm, and dramatize mm -hmm. it but i think you're right talking making mistakes is one of those things where when when people don't really know you well because you're in a new environment new team you want you want to make good impressions and i think the fear mindset you know that avoidance mindset i don't want to make a mistake Mm. like i don't want to do this is I think we learned that it's it's more about the opposite. Like you've got to have a mastery approach. Like I want to be able to put my stamp on the game. I want to be able to show people what I can do. You know, it's not going to come off every time, mm. but I know I can do it. And if you have that internal belief, more times than not, it's going to come out on top in the long run. And it's, I think, getting away from that short-term thing and being able to control your emotions and stick to the process is, is hard, but mm. it's what needs to be done to enjoy football foremost because at the end of the day when there's no point playing if you're not enjoying it there's always gonna you're gonna make a mistake no matter what you're not gonna play a perfect game you're not gonna play perfect four quarters of doing everything perfect and be amazing like you know look at the best players they're all they're all making mistakes so it's sort of just learning to try and minimize those mistakes and then when you do make a mistake being alright with making a mistake and then don't turn one mistake into two mistakes and just moving on and then figuring out what you need to do and yeah just accepting that things will go wrong at a time and being alright when they go wrong is is that's a pretty important skill I, I found out I think it comes from having that internal belief isn't it because when you do make mistakes it's so easy to dramatize it a bit with yourself and say mm. like I know I definitely from my experience this year like you ri- you ride the waves a bit too much you know when things are going good you feel a lot greater than yeah. you actually are and yeah. when the things are going bad it's not as bad as it seems um no never it I, never is but it it it's at the time it seems like it's basically the end of the world you could say and yeah when when you stuff up you you just want it to end and you want everything to be fine again as as quick as possible but that's not really. fix a mistake when you make a mistake and be all right and at the same time be all right with making the mistake and learn about making the mistake you know if you're making a mistake constantly and doing the same thing you know constantly missing a target you got to learn how to hit a target and you got to learn how to stop missing the target which is hard but it's yeah it's just what you got to learn the key thing i've learned in my first year is probably if i'm going to fail i want to fail my way and i feel like i've Mm -hmm. i've let external things you know this happened in the past like let external things influence how you train or play and then an outcome occurs you keep having that thought in the back of your head like oh what if i did it my way like what was if i took that kick on or i wanted to sort of you know play within the system of the team but yeah. you know, there's so many times where you wanted to back yourself in and then you, you have that doubt and i think to have that internal belief and just trusting yourself and you know there's also you got to learn that 
you can't control everything there's certain factors in footy and in life where it's out of your control so I learned personally that if I can control everything that I can control and I can do everything to the best of my ability that I can do then the rest will take take care of itself and if it doesn't it doesn't that's out of my control but if I'm training hard working hard the outcome will come eventually exactly and if it doesn't come then you can be happy that you stuck to that process and there's there yeah. was nothing else yeah. that you could have done yeah. really it, it, it sort of varies from athlete to athlete and I can sort of come up with my own answers myself but it's, it's hard to recognize in other people but what drives you to improve yourself with with football yeah I guess it's just I want to be the best player that I can that I can be and I know that if I'm constantly pu- pushing myself like I know I'm my biggest critic so I search for feedback through coaches but I also know what things I need to do to be the best player I can so when I want to get better at something I'll sort of identify it in myself and try work on that thing and then figure out what I need to do to become a better player I just want to be the best player I can and I'm, and like we said you know if we're controlling the things that we can control and working hard at training you know diet wise sort of those sort of things like recovery you know if I'm doing all that then then I will get better but it's just also pushing myself all the time to constantly get better and get better yeah I like what you said or the points you raised about you know being your biggest critic it's one of those things where if it might have been a weakness it can actually it can turn into a strength i used to look at my emotions or how i was feeling about something you know those internal dialogue you had whenever you mess up a kick it's so easy to to think of that as the truth it's just a guess from your brain but if you can learn to treat that those thoughts as just another person's opinion you don't have to take take that as the truth you can you can look to it to give you guidance but you don't have to agree with everything you sort of tell yourself because a lot of the time it's just out of fear that you think those negative things the show's motto is embrace the uncertainty but I haven't really gotten into that with too many people it hasn't really gotten there but I think that's a huge part of you know our first year experience is that it's such a new experience Mm. and it's and it's not certain Mm. like it's Mm -hmm. not certain what team you're going to play in or what's going to happen if I mess up this kick but I think being able to embrace that uncertainty yeah is, is a huge yeah. part because it's so yeah. easy to fall into that emotional roller coaster that is sport oh for sure yeah you're totally right you know there's so many things that are different in senior footy and in a first year you know you can go from team to team you could go from the top team to the third team in two or three weeks uh you could be playing three different positions in three different weeks and have to learn on the spot and on the job pretty much so so many different things that can happen and you'll you'd never know what you what's going to happen and yeah you're totally right embracing the uncertainty you just got to embrace that there's going to be change and there's going to be different things and just work at it our brains do love to have certainty i think we want to know what's going to happen it's just Mm. part of our brain system but i think you know learning to be okay with what happens and sticking to that present moment i think that's the key thing about being present and being in the zone as an athlete is being able to embrace the moment and not worry about the future things i'll tell you what that's a lot harder than it sounds oh, but, so but it's, it's so a, much harder it's something that 
you know, you, you have to make conscious, that's probably something I've learned recently, is it takes a lot and a lot of conscious efforts to like slowly train yourself. It's not it's not one of those things where one day you wake up and you're not an overthinker. Oh yeah, it it's, takes it takes a long time to learn and, that. And you might always, and it's not like a, a linear path. You know, you're going to have up and, ups and downs, but if you're learning about yourself and you're learning ways that are, are unique to yourself to help yourself, whether that's speaking to certain friends or seeing somebody or just, you know, trying different things and seeing what works for you, um, I think that is good advice on, you know, how to improve that mental side of the game. Yeah, for sure. So a segment on my show is Stop for Pop. Stop for Pop. So my pop has a question for you. What baseball skills did you transfer to your football? The thing I was talking about, about camaraderie, you know, the difference between baseball and footy is that there's so much time in baseball spent learning about different types of people and in footy you know you get to training as soon as you're training you start training we get in trouble during drills if we're if we're talking to people you have to be on from the start of training until the end of training and then there's a short period after training where you can talk for five ten minutes but you know you're not you're not usually going to go out of your way to talk to someone else after training so i guess the thing for me that i've learned from baseball is to try and make an effort to make friends at footy and to you know get to know my teammates and they're they're not just teammates but they're mates and if i'm becoming closer as a friend with the guys that i'm playing with i feel like i can trust them more out on the footy field they can trust me more out on the footy field and you know we're going to work together better as a team if we're becoming closer as a friendship group you, I guess you could say and that's that's what I thought was so good about our reserves team that won was that we were teammates and we were good players but we were also friends and we all made a conscious effort to hang out you know go out and drink and, and just do different things together and become a closer team and I think that really went a long way to helping us win the flag was yeah that we were just such a good group of friends that would probably be the number one thing for me was just always trying to become close and make more of an effort before training with other people after training with other people on the weekends whenever we weren't training just to you know just check in or just talk some shit with someone or you know just get closer with people and make more friends within the team and the squad because we had a pretty big squad coming in as a first year player, I, uh, you know, I knew some guys, but I wasn't friends with any guys. So I knew they're not all gonna come to me and try and make an effort with me to be, to be my best friend. So I knew that I had to go to them and to get to know them more so that I could be more comfortable playing with them. And I, I struggled at first, but I think if I didn't, didn't have that experience in baseball of getting to know so many different people, I would have struggled more. The experience from baseball of getting to know different people, certain questions that I could ask to get to know, you know, I learned that and that helped me grow and yeah, get closer with all, all my teammates and to people in the squad. Yeah, that's a great answer. That's probably the best answer I've had for that segment, so well done. I think the thing I've probably learned at cricket this year, probably it's probably the most I've learned it in probably my sport, and it's something I want to probably implement the most, like in this upcoming footy season, is being able to develop those relationships. There's something about letting your guard down. It doesn't even have to be deep conversations, but just having like sort of good chats with people and building those relationships. It just makes you more comfortable within yourself for some reason. Mm. I think getting mm. to having those 
those friendships. Yeah, but you're right. I think when you come into senior footy, there's already a lot of groups already established. Oh, yeah. And, and it's already a squad, you know. Exactly. And we're just getting added to the squad. Yeah. What was pretty scary was I thought, you know, oh, no, you know guys aren't going to like me. And they're not going to accept me into the squad. And that, that was pretty scary. But, you know, once you put that aside, you know, that's not the case. Exactly. But once you learn that, as, as if you can learn that as quickly as possible and put that aside and just, you know, put yourself out there and let your guard down and open up, you know, you're gonna, it's going to make the transition from Colts to senior footy a whole lot easier. I think the key thing is for the leaders to be very good in that. And I think we've got some, you know... Gilly does a terrific job at that, and I think yeah, that's, oh yeah, there's a lot of good very older good, guys there that would help. A lot of good leaders that you know you can have those conversations with. Mm. That's going to be a huge part of the way forward. So Matt asks Egan a question. Oh, I don't yeah, have, I don't have a name for this segment yet. So if you have an idea for this <laughs> segment on the show, I've got to get uh, a guest to come up with a question. My question would be, what motivates you on the days? when you have the least amount of motivation you know there's days where i really don't want to run and it's hot it's so hot outside so that makes it so much harder so you know what motivates you on those days when you don't want to go out and go to the gym or go for a run yeah that's a great question i think it's something i've had to learn along my journey because i think i used to be a bit of a perfectionist with my training mm-hmm. where if i wasn't feeling fully motivated or energized i, I wouldn't do it mm. but yeah. i think as i've read a lot more and i've learned a lot more about how to improve over the long run i realized that you know showing up and putting in whatever you have is going to be a lot more beneficial for you and i think after i've learned about that there's been a lot of days where i'm you know tired but i've just still rocked up and done what i can do and I've always felt really good for that and I think Mm. I've gotten into that routine now where you know I have a a bit of a program and a routine and I just show up and I just do what I have to do but I think sometimes when I am not feeling you know motivated I I do like to analyze a bit why because you know most of the time there are good reasons why you might be feeling certain ways whether it's you know your sleep or what you're eating and I like to identify for me but once you realize maybe from your own experience that to improve it's it's not having to be the perfect trainer mm, mm-hmm. it, i think that helps from mm. from like a mindset thing about showing up yeah you know sometimes when you're not motivated it's good to do exercise with friends i think that can that can yeah help doing yeah it. that's I d- true started started doing all my running sessions with tate this this pre-season and it's I'll tell you what way easier than doing a lot of stuff my own it's just mm. it's just having someone there mm-hmm. to do it with you and go through that pain is oh yeah so for much, sure like yeah it makes it easier. so much better and you run with little vincent from time to time but oh i've actually i've actually started i haven't ran with him for a while now actually yeah i've started running by myself and i've i've probably enjoyed that more actually because running with a dog is not the most fun in the world <laughs> a big one for me is that feeling after and it's you know there's there's days when you don't want to go out there and you'll go you know you do say like 45 minutes at the gym when you really didn't want to go to the gym or you go for a 10k run and then once you've done that it feels really good and it's a reminder mentally that you're able to push past that to you know sit at home and just sit on the couch and not do anything so that's a big one for me but yeah yeah i think just showing up and putting in what you have it just it makes you mentally stronger and i think there's there's going to be plenty of times like throughout this year 
I found this probably that the thing I need to learn the most is like you never know what's going on with someone like someone could be really like really tired but a lot of times like I'm a bit tired I go to footy and like I want to be a perfectionist like that's who I am like mm, and I don't mm-hmm. think that's a good mindset because like it's going to be real hard to train at that intensity or you're not gonna you can have days where you're tired and your skills are a bit off and stuff like that mm, and then sure. it sort of just becomes like we've talked about that emotional roller coaster yeah and I think yeah you're never going to be fully switched on. But I think it got in my head a lot in my journey so far. And it's saying I'm, try- yeah. I'm trying to learn is to not like, I think it comes from worrying about what other people think because yeah. I, from yeah. me, because I feel like when I'm down a bit rather than, you know, if I've given my all and it's, I'm a bit off and the outcome isn't, the training isn't as good and I probably didn't look as good, but mm. I knew I'd put in effort and I knew I was tired. Like there's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that. But the fact that, that affects me a lot just shows that I cared too much about what people think of me and like yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so I think yeah. that's a huge part of the learning process about not worrying too much about that external noise if you, if you feel me I mean one thing that I've learned is that you worry that everyone is watching you and when you make a mistake everyone's gonna think certain things about you but what I learned is that no one really cares and you're going to make a mistake. You're going to be a trainer. You're not going to hit all your kicks and you're not going to be this perfect trainer. Don't worry so much about what people think because if you're thinking that 20 people are watching you and are thinking about what you're doing, at least 10 of them are not. You exactly. know? Probably not even that much. Like, yeah. I think you touch on a point like a big you know, phenomenon in psychology, the spotlight effect. You know, mm, We mm-hmm. think it's funny because two people are kicking the ball and one person's probably thinking like, oh, he's probably judging my... Like, you're kicking yeah, someone. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's thinking about how I've kicked then. And that person's thinking like, oh, is he judging my kicking? You yeah, know, it's like yeah. That it's, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy like but that. Um, with that spotlight effect thing, I think it is a process about learning to not worry about what other people think. But there's so much... Oh, I don't like when people say things like that. I, I don't because I think that's oh, way... It's hard. It's way too simple. It's, you're never going to... You're never going to not worry about what people think. Exactly. I think it's that. more what I learned because you can you can even apply that to everyday life, I guess. Don't, don't necessarily worry about what people are thinking. More for me, it's don't worry that there are people thinking. I think like instead of having that like avoidance mindset once again like don't maybe we could you know embrace that uncertainty yeah like, who, yeah like it is what it is it's not your job to worry about what someone else thinks yeah and we can't control it how do you exactly control it? and so what so basically if you simplify it you're using your limited energy mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. to to worry about something that you will never you could you could it's going to be very hard to change it's not worth changing really yeah so so you're basically answering your own question although that is easier said than done to not worry it's a it's sort of like a self-discovery process where i think that's what comes with experience Mm. but that's Mm -hmm. but that's why i'm passionate about what i do because i don't want people like me and you have had experiences like that to to be wasting our time and energy on that because Mm -hmm. because one you enjoy it less Mm -hmm. you're going to perform worse your relationships aren't going to be as good because they're fueled by stress and worrying about everything else yeah and i think i'm saying i've I've definitely improved on but it's but it's also a problem that everyone deals with like everyone is worrying about what other people are thinking of them and even if someone is thinking about you and you know judging you just if you can learn to not care live a life of i guess to an extent a life of freedom 
which is so much further along than what we're talking about. But if you can just not worry about what other people are thinking and just even if they are thinking about you, accept that they're going to judge you, but it's, it's, not, a, it's not because of you, it's because of them, yeah. then that makes everything that you do in sport or in life just easier. I think that one of the main skills that I'm trying to do and learn and implement is is that mindfulness like you're always going to have these negative thoughts pop up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but i think being able to let them sit there and not indulge in them yeah and not let them yeah you know being able to embrace it it is what it is you're going to have those thoughts pop in your head oh don't let them control you exactly just yeah. let them let them sit there have it but don't go it further than that like we talked about before if you're consciously doing these things and learning to get out of those head spaces and being able to sit with those negative emotions yeah. you slowly slowly transition into somebody who can stick in that moment and be very mindful and that's the main thing that that we want to be as athletes is to be able to stick in that moment like what you were saying about you know having negative thoughts it's it's a thing where people try to push away and they always get you you know you get annoyed when you have a negative thought and you worry about why you're having a negative thought a thing for me that I have learned to try to tame that is instead of trying to push the negative thought away and not buy into it is just sort of accept that there's going to be a negative thought like you know you can't control when things don't go well for you and you're worrying about things but just be all right with having the negative thought just don't let it grow and grow and control you and control what you're doing and control your life and if you can accept that there's going to be those things but it doesn't affect you too much then i think that's a that's a good way to live when you're passionate about sport and i think i've been in these spaces before where sport is important to you and we're not even elite level athletes no talking to people (laughs) like that is going to be like a good experience for me because i'm intrigued it comes down to like your self-identity and like you what you value and like mm-hmm. i i put a lot of my identity into sport yeah so like yeah, whenever, yeah, me too. when we have failures it's so easy you know see that failure in a moment as mm-hmm. a failure of our sport and yeah. then it sort of corrupts our identity and we feel like yeah, a failure and that's yeah. that's you know that's not what we want but and it's, it's like a failure in sport will be like a failure in life yeah exactly what i mean so yeah. that's like yeah it's so that's how the brain can work but that's why i think having a lot of balance and and realizing it is for fun especially yeah. for people like, that's probably yeah. that's probably the best thing to talk about for non-elite people it is their job so you know people joke about it and you say if you're not having fun you're not going to win like i always say that and joke about it but at the same time like it's serious to an extent like we train twice a week for footy and then we play on saturday and it takes up most of our saturday so we're spending, I'd roughly say, seven hours a week doing footy, yeah, probably more. And if you're if you're doing that and you're not enjoying the seven hours, then it can really ruin a whole week. Yeah. And it's it's just like you got to remember, big picture sort of thing. Like it's just for fun. It's so much more than that, and it, yeah. it is. But you have to find the fun in it. Yeah. And you have to always just remember that it's for fun and you you want to enjoy it. And if you're not enjoying it then there's no point you should be that you're doing it. Learning to have fun with that uncertainty rather than mm. I think it, a lot of that does come down to like internal expectations. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. you do put a lot of your identity into sport and you have a lot of high ambitions and you put high expectations, you know, minor setbacks become huge emotional identity setbacks. Oh yeah. And I think oh, that's yeah. that's the 
that's the headspaces we need to get out of and it's not they're not easily taught and that's why elite level athletes a lot of the best athletes are are people who have really good mind coaches and stuff like that. And oh, yeah. To, oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just they like there's so there's so many things in professional athletes that go wrong for them. You know, they don't live a perfect life and they don't play a perfect game every week. So the fact that they're able to still make the mistakes and not let it affect them and not let them let it affect the way they live is, you know, a testament to them and it just shows how mentally strong they are and what they've learned through all their experiences pretty much it's a great comment and a good way to end the show yeah um it was a great it was a great chat it was good it was fun yeah well thanks for coming on and look forward to many more chats at my pleasure footy footy training this year and um yeah yeah there'll be a few there yeah all right thanks for listening guys hope you enjoyed that and um see you on the next episode so research try and find but you don't know where to go so many thoughts flood through your mind You're confused and want to know Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby It's me, Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.